0: You're listening to Quips and Dips, a podcast about nothing and everything. Relax and stay a while. Before starting this episode, I'd like to let you know that there are a few trigger warnings. We will be discussing suicide murder at the Hotel Cecil. So if this is something that bothers you, feel free to click away and thank you for listening. Welcome back to episode, I think this is nine. So I appreciate everybody who's been with me on this journey. For those of you who do not know, I do have a really special guest on with me today. She's become one of my best friends. I have Chelsea from Searching Paranormal Topics, Theories and Answers, also known as this searching pod on Instagram.
1: That's right. Hi, you guys. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I like made it one of my goals to get on this podcast because I think it is so good. And here I am. And ah! I am so happy to have you. I'm very <laughs> excited.
0: We've been very excited about this. It is going to be really fun today because I have the perfect thing that I've been wanting to do. So as you know, we're all going to do our fondues and don'ts. But before... I get started I'll let you know what this episode is going to be about we're going to be talking about the Cecil Hotel we're going to be talking a lot about the documentary a little bit about the history and like kind of I think our thoughts on it since we did we did both watch it I watched it um, yesterday the day before like two days ago so it's nice and fresh in my mind Uh, and I just want to get out because I have a lot of thoughts about it so I feel like it's it's a good time to get started on that. With I agree. Mean, with that <laughs> being <agree>. said, <laughs> tell me your fondue or don't. Like, what do you hate? Uh,
1: okay. So I don't know if my fond don't is necessarily kind of like a couple's thing or what it is, but I've been dealing with this fond don't for mm, at least – 12 13 years now okay and, and I don't want to throw Brian my co-host under the bus who happens to be my husband but <laughs> they <laughs> like no matter how close the laundry basket is to his side of the bed, how close the closet door is next to his bed the clothes will come off and just stay on the ground like they'll never make their way into the basket. No matter how close, like I'm all the way on the other side of the bed, the room, whatever. He can't get the goddamn sock into the basket. They can't, they physically cannot do it. I've multiple times been like, I'm going to put my foot down. I'm not picking up the clothes and I'm going (laughs) to see how long this pile can accumulate on this side of the bed, literally 12 inches from the basket they don't make their way there. It's not going to happen. So you either want to be happy or you want to be right. And you just <laughs> <laughs> you just have to pick your battles in life, you know?
0: Fair enough. So, you know, I can relate because I feel like, so somebody else said something similar to this um, on another show. And I agree. Like my boyfriend has this thing where he doesn't put his socks anywhere. Like they, it's like a sock graveyard
1: like wherever. by my bed
0: yeah Anyway, <laughs> just
1: but his, his regular clothes <laughs> he
0: doesn't do like as bad but I know that I'm guilty of it too like I know I'm not perfect so I try not to complain too much but I just don't know what it is with guys like not you could have the hamper in the bed with you and it's they it's just <laughs> they would never find their way
1: it has to go somewhere else it's like a force field around the basket they can't get the clothes socks underwear whatever into it Nope. And it, it, bo- it bothers me, but you know what? <laughs> I've learned to live with it and still have a happy life. So you can too. <laughs> yeah,
0: so you can too. All of you ladies out there who think like, this is the end, you can survive.
1: We're all suffering. We all are. <laughs>
0: equally, equally. Everybody is. Um, Mine this week, I feel like it's a little petty, but okay. I'm, I'm not above it. Um no. Mine is having happily taken in your bio like oh I think it is
1: the cringiest but it's like having a joint page kind of
0: okay so I said this on Twitter the other day which, <laughs> Why aren't you on Twitter you need to get on because I don't have anything to say because I'm a loser no, I don't know you're so funny you would do great on Twitter <laughs> just trust me oh. um you need to get on Twitter because I always want like go to tag you there's all sorts of like following things and I can't I'm like who is this other thing called searching something and I'm like this is not it you ain't me (laughs) (laughs) but anyway um I said this on Twitter the other day I said that like TikTok joint accounts are like the new Facebook accounts like that or joint and I was like somebody has a jealousy problem and like a lot of people answered and had things to say and they're like oh someone cheated and I'm like then
1: why are they together like why I don't get it I don't I mean, I get where they say, like, the someone cheated thing because it's like, oh, you can have social media if it's you and me. I to- can watch it. If it's you and me together and we're both responding and have access, but I don't think it's always about that. I think sometimes people are just cringy, weird. and I what- think it's a little bit.
0: Yeah. I think you got a good mix of everything when it comes to that. That's okay. Life. Yeah it can be the couples who are just super creepy and want to be like together all the time on social media. But I think ultimately, I think even if it's not cheating, I think somebody or both of them are just jealous. You know, I think there's like a A, insecurity. Insecure.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, But yes, happily taken in the bio.
1: (laughs) that was
0: asmr for
1: you (laughs) the barf asmr for the listeners i also think it's weird
0: when couples talk to each other on social media i think that's really strange you know
1: what i think it is too but i think i used to do it (laughs) like i think i used to (laughs) i think i used to be one of those people but i do think as a more grown old woman now i think it's weird i do but anyways let's get into this Cecil hotel doc yes Um, oh my god
0: I went and found a little bit of information about the history of the hotel most of it was discussed in the documentary they did a good job at like setting it up I suppose um but let me just give some background if you haven't watched it this is definite spoilers but I mean it was a really public case so I don't know how unspoiled you might be about it i personally did not know about this until like a few weeks ago but you may be different you might have been there it was only in 2013 that this um murder slash possible suicide happened so the Cecil hotel was built in 1924 in downtown la around the skid row area now in 1924 the hotel cost like over a million dollars which was a lot of money to pour into a hotel at that time and by 1927 they had their very first suicide or documented suicide i should say um as percy ormond cook shot himself in the head while inside of his hotel room should i have done like a trigger warning maybe i'll add one in before just (laughs) just so people know there's gonna be talk of death um i'll edit that in um anywho so That was the first one. And then in the late 1920s, uh, 1929, 1930, that's when the Great Depression hit. So the hotel started to do really poorly. And because of that, around that area became known as Skid Row. There were more than 10,000 homeless people just living in that like block radius. And the way that this hotel comes off is like this nexus of just dark energy. Like it feels like it's in the middle of this Skid Row area And based on how they showed it on the doc, like truthfully, they kind of outlined it for you. And it's like on the very outskirt, but also like smack in the middle. It just feels like energy, bad stuff just kind of gravitates there. Just that's all I have to say. And then the next reported death was in 1931 when a guest died. W.K. Norton died in his room after taking poison capsules. But it doesn't say a suicide. It just says a death. Like, I don't like that they aren't saying these things. Like, it's insinuating someone else gave him
1: this. Shove the capsules into his mouth. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) A lot of the phrasing in this Wikipedia doc is very strange. We don't know. Um, And then throughout the 1940s and 50s, more suicides occurred. Um, You also had some very famous um people like kind of head through there one of the bigger ones was elizabeth short otherwise known as the black dahlia who was seen at that bar just days before she was murdered we're not saying somebody there did it but she was there so they're heavily insinuating that she, they might have happened by somebody in or around that area uh, and it is an unsolved murder so we don't really know And then there was also in the 60s, a retired telemarketer named Pigeon Goldie. They called her Goldie. She was a well-known, well-liked, long-term resident at the hotel and was found dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, beaten. Her room was ransacked. And they charged somebody with her murder and they were later cleared. So it again remains unsolved. So very creepy vibes at this hotel. And then they say this is probably the most infamous one, which there is another documentary about this dude, I think. I haven't seen it yet, Uh, but they did talk about him again in the documentary. It was Richard Ramirez, otherwise known as Night Stalker. He was a serial killer, and he was a regular presence on Skid Row, and according to a hotel clerk that claims they spoke, he had supposedly stayed at, the, stayed at the hotel. There's, like, a lot of this for him is, like, allegedly, possibly, maybe. It seems like they don't actually know whether or not he stayed at this hotel. But in the doc um, on Netflix about the hotel, it does mention that somebody says that they saw him walking up in his bloody underwear one day, oh, no, after a killing spree. <laughs> um and then again in 1991 another serial killer but they think he was a copycat for the night stalker guy um so i don't know a lot of weird shit happens here basically that's what they're trying to say
1: (laughs) exactly yeah and that's exactly what it is i mean watching it and seeing initially some of the foreigners coming to visit la aspect i'm like oh damn i wish Somebody who actually lived in the area could tell you, you don't want to stay there. And it's not just because of all the like other crazy stuff we can get into, but the area it's in is very dangerous. Um, There's a lot of homeless population and it's been going on for decades. Homeless, mentally ill, drugs. I mean, they based LA area basically just shoved all these people into an area and said, You guys stay in here and we'll try to keep you away from the rest of us.
0: Yeah, it's pretty sick, actually. It's not like the nicest um, thing. And that area is definitely not the greatest. In 2008, they did like start calling it the suicide hotel. And there's a website, (laughs) which I don't know that I would have ever thought of this as something to look into when visiting a hotel, but maybe I will but
1: it's called Room Spook. What? And... Actually, uh, it sounds like something I might like. Go on.
0: (laughs) It's it's, it's a website that tracks hotel deaths. What? And it lists at least 12 suicides from the hotel.
1: From Cecil? Yes. Oh my... I mean, I bet there's more though. That's probably what they know of right now.
0: Those are known suicides, and that doesn't include like anything, murder or like anything overdose. Like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just, I think, like intentional suicides. I think that's what it means. But I'm sure there's more. The history includes a lot of violence and disturbing happenings at the hotel. By the like by the eighties, the hotel was really used as a low income housing, as well as like you could go and stay like a for your vacation.
1: Like it was a very weird place. It's kind of like if I think by the eighties or nineties, it was kind of a place like it's two or three dollars a night. If you have a little bit of money, you can go stay in there to sleep, or bring your prostitute there, or hook up. And that one guy was like, I never went above the sixth floor. Because above that, people were being lured to get robbed, beat up, and like thrown out a window. Yeah, that was like,
0: like, I would never want to have that condition. Holy shit. i like, stay out of Like, oh, please don't go above this floor, sir. Yeah,
1: no, um, but this is cool down here.
0: Yeah, we're, you're safe here. Don't worry about
1: what's going just, on upstairs. Just don't go up. Just don't go up. Yeah.
0: Um, And then in 2013, which is the year – that um, Alisa Lamb stayed there, it was rebranded as the Stay on Main. And it kind of became like they made this area of the hotel. They took like three or so floors and blocked them off and turned it into like a youth hostel kind of a deal. They painted it. They got new bed sheets. They tried to do it up nice and advertise it that way. And then the rest of the hotel was still for like the low income housing in the area. Like you were still able to, and the elevator, they only had the one. So it was like, you were, you could see like a crackhead or you could see like a teenage traveler in the same place. It was a very
1: (laughs) weird. Some hot guy from Germany or a crackhead pissing in the corner. Um, But they couldn't do away with the crackhead tenants because it was already um, legally bound to be like a low-income housing hotel as well, right? Correct, correct.
0: <laughs> so, I don't know. Have you ever stayed in a, a hostel um, I, in
1: Europe or anywhere? I have not, no. So, I imagine I imagine it's
0: like a dorm, kind of. So, in, I've never stayed in one in the U.S. I can honestly say I've never had to like I I don't know. Um but I've been to hostels in Europe. I stayed in one in um Ireland and I stayed in one in Spain. What was it okay. like? They were both super nice. Oh. But I did a lot of research about the hostels in the area. Like when I was looking for the one in Ireland, it was probably the most high-priced hostel in the area. But it also had like excellente reviews. People said it was really clean. It was really this. I was traveling alone. So maybe I'll do like a tips on how to travel alone because I've done it a lot. I've traveled all over the world and I've done it all by myself. And um, and I've remained safe. One of my key things is if you're alone and you really like to drink, don't. Don't drink. <laughs> I know it sucks. But But you can't be safe alone. Just don't. I don't drink, so it doesn't really affect me. I can still go out, but I don't go out to clubs at night. So I just go see the architecture during the day. And I see, I go walking around the town. Um, You can also go on guided tours, which are really nice. And you're kind of with a group of people, but you can do things on your own. I've done those as well. So it's kind of depends on your comfort level. When I did Ireland, I was completely alone. I stayed in a hostel. I was in a room with men and women. um, And it wasn't weird. At first, I was nervous because I just had never done that before. But it was really clean. It was really nice. And the people I met were really nice. I'm still friends with some of them. This was in 2016. And they were from all over the world. Some of the guys were, like, just random Welsh guys who just came across the land. Australian people. I met a girl from, like, China. All (laughs) over. So... From what I've seen, you have to just do a little research. So there was a couple that was a European couple staying at this hotel that probably had the worst luck out of anybody. But to be honest, I want to feel bad, but they did like 0% research before coming here. They just said they were poor. They wanted to stay wherever was the most available and did zero other research. So they ended up staying there like right after Lisa Lam went missing. And one day they even got lost and they were asking around like where's the Cecil where's the Cecil and then somebody was like why are you going there and then they showed them the missing poster of Elisa Lamb on the fucking sidewalk and they're like you don't want to stay here it's gross and there's this girl who went missing so they're really d- I'm like it made them look really stupid and I kind of feel bad for them
1: it did it made me feel a little bad as an American like oh I wish I could have told you that downtown LA is Yeah, the crap like anyone could tell you that. But also it's like you just click on some LA holiday and you don't know where you're staying or what area it is. Even me going to a different country, I'd be worried about what parts are the most ghetto, you know, or dangerous or scary. So I felt for them a little bit. But at the same time, I think if I checked in somewhere that I thought was sketch immediately where I thought the carpet was sticky. I would have been like, cancel my reservation. I will find another spot. It's not hard to find a hotel places where you go. They have, like, all kinds of apps for that.
0: Yeah, and it's not like this was, like, before internet was really accessible. This was 2013. And how (laughs) do they get lost walking around? Like, you don't
1: have a cell phone?
0: I mean – I that I can understand to an extent because I'm, when I go to Europe, usually my phone plan doesn't work there. So okay. I don't usually bring my phone with me, but I do always have a map. Anyway, let's get into the meat, though. What okay. this is all really about, Elisa Lam. Yeah. Oh, my God. She was from Canada. Yeah. But her family, they're Chinese, they said. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were from British Columbia and Canada, and she was twenty one years old. She was just on a whim. She wanted to have some sense of adventure, so she chose to go to LA, which I get it to an extent. I've never been to LA, but anybody who goes there always tells me it's kind of shitty. You and... don't trust me, you don't need to go. Um... Like it's not really
1: <laughs> worth it. But look if you're going to certain areas, like uh, I wanna check out Santa Monica, I wanna go to like Orange County and see the beaches or I want to go to Disneyland okay which is also outside of LA there are a lot of things to do but if you're just going to LA to like see downtown and Hollywood you're gonna be vastly disappointed and it's gross and scary and dangerous don't go there's no point there's other places to go You heard it here, folks. Don't get (laughs) LA. There are way
0: better places. I recommend Tucson, Arizona. It's really cool there. If you're young, um, that is like definitely a whole vibe. They have amazing like tattoo culture out there. They have like tattoo shops on every um, corner. And everybody's like covered in tattoos and they love it. And it's pretty cheap to live there considering it's a pretty urban area. It is. And I went to a burlesque show when I was there at this like seedy little bar, but I loved it. And for some reason, you just don't really feel very unsafe in Tucson. It's a really nice. It's got a very nice vibe, but it's hot as hell. Like, uh, yeah, I went in November, <laughs> so it was only in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: November in and the summer. The 80s. Do not, do not. Don't go in the summer. Uh, but <laughs> I went in.
0: It was like eighties, and it was dry, so it wasn't too bad.
1: It's a dry heat until you start sweating, and then it's a wet. <laughs> and then heat.
0: nothing is dry. <laughs> But I I very much enjoyed it. I almost thought of moving there, but I really hate the heat. So it's, it's too hot in the summer. It really is. I just, I can't. If I can cook an egg on the road, I really don't want to live there. Um, <laughs> it's just not on my itinerary. I hear so, you. So, Elisa Lam, she was looking for excitement, and she decided that this was the place to go. Again, not doing a whole lot of research she started anything. She started in San Diego and was, like, moving her way up the coast Allegedly. Right. Uh, Correct. They said they had a record of her staying at another hotel area uh, and she was like working her way possibly to other places. Um, the way this hotel, docu- uh, this documentary is built, though, is it keeps a lot of the. Did you just take a shot? Mm hmm. Oh, my God. Living
1: your best life right now. Hold Try, on. Trying to just I wish it. I knew. I would have brought
0: some with me. I'm in oh, my, my attic. Right. I can't go downstairs now. Just
1: trying to, like, be off camera, just, like, doing my little thing so I can perform for you guys, you know? Oh, you're it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that.
0: Um, but anyway. <laughs> I'm very Sorry. I'm sorry, I ruined your whole show. No. So, she stayed there. She went to a few places in LA. She was there for a few days. And then she went totally missing. And the way the document documentary sets it up is they don't want you to know the results of anything. So they keep you definitely guessing. One of the only pieces of evidence that they have of Elisa on the day that she was went missing was this elevator footage that went absolutely viral. It's really disturbing to watch if you don't know any context.
1: Yeah, I, I remember seeing it back in the day and I was just like, what the hell is going on? Like something is seriously wrong with this chick. Is somebody outside of the elevator? Is someone not? Is she having a mental break? Um, It was, it's disturbing. Like her hand movements and stuff. Very strange. I like tried to
0: make that shape with my arms and I was like, I don't feel like I shape that way. It's I don't- weird. It's so weird. I don't know. <laughs> but it was a really disturbing four-minute video. And the police decided to release this footage to the public, but not just for no reason. There was a lot of reason. So like I said, it's in the Skid Row area, which had a lot of other crime and a lot of other issues. And at the same time, there was another crime going on that required a lot of police attention. So therefore, they took pretty much all the officers off of the case and just left the two main detectives on. And they felt that by releasing this footage, it would help them have other people, millions of eyes on her to see if anybody has any other information about her somebody who might have seen her walking around LA somebody who might have gone to the last bookstore which honestly which is a place she went right before she died a little bit ominous of a title it really was like the last the last
1: bookstore yeah Yeah. Uh, makes me not want to go there (laughs) I'm not going um yeah it was so weird um you know, it's like they released a little bit of footage up front and that's why the internet really grabbed onto it. No, the web sleuths, as they say, um, really got obsessed to trying to solve this case. But I think because they left out a lot of integral details, it let people's minds run away with conspiracies and what could have happened yeah. because they don't really know the whole story.
0: Yeah, they didn't give them any information. They really just released this footage and said, here it is, if you know something, say something. But then they started like maybe digging too far into the footage. There was a point in the footage where they thought they saw somebody's foot. But to me, it looks like her foot, like it looks like she's walking. It looks like very normal to me. That part is not weird.
1: I 100% agree. When they pointed that out, I was like, That is not a different foot on a different plane as her. It looked like what she was wearing and she stepped out and then her other leg, her right leg took a turn to the side and it made the left foot seem out of angle with the other one, but that was still her shoe.
0: Yeah, it just felt like very normal. It didn't look weird like somebody was stepping into frame. It really looked like she was just turning and that left foot just slipped back and she was going on her way yeah. to wherever you know, where she went. So they they leave a lot of things up in the air. The other thing that the web sleuths were upset about was the timestamp. That was like a big deal to them. But it, to me, as somebody who had watched, I watched the footage just a couple of weeks ago. I did not see this when it first came out. I didn't even hear about this like... I was um, at my first semester at my new college at this time. So I had no time for YouTube at this time. <laughs> so <laughs> I did not see this footage, but my boyfriend mentioned that the documentary was coming out and I was like, what, what is this about? I've never heard of this. And he showed me the footage a couple weeks ago and I was like, Oh, what the f- actual fuck? And he gave me no context either, which made it even worse. <laughs> um, but watching it, I'm like, I don't really feel like it's an issue that they didn't include the timestamp unless you were somebody who saw her that day
1: yeah I don't I don't think it matters or really means anything like yeah and, and, and they tried to bring up the like oh it's it's slowed down do you feel like like the footage was slowed down well they said
0: that it may have been like even at the end the police said like it was slowed down so that you could get a good look at her I mean, it was very grainy footage anyway, so I don't know that slowing it down really helped the case. It definitely was strange looking, but it's hard for me to tell whether she was being slowed down or if she was acting slow. Like, it was so bizarre.
1: It was not enough
0: for me. Not enough for me. I guess
1: they were trying to say how the timestamp was moving, that it must have been slowed down 30%. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but I don't know. I don't think that changed anything
0: no i don't think it did the only thing out of all because we're going to talk a lot about these web sleuths they were a big part of this documentary the only thing i would say that they came up with that was of use Mm -hmm. was the buttons buttons, going to the they ended up going to the hotel and they went and they saw that the last button she pushed was the leave the door open
1: Button. Yeah, yeah, but what? Which honestly took away a big conspiracy theory of the whole video being doctored, and you're missing like yeah, why was it and, open so why, long, or or maybe it was some like supernatural thing that the door was left open, and then they complained that there was like a a weird clip of time where the door was shut, so when it started to open and then smoothly opened the rest of the way, and they're like it was doctored. I don't, yeah. I don't. She hit the button.
0: She hit the door open button, which ended up leaving the door open for two minutes, which is more yeah. than half the video. Right. So I get it. It makes all the sense in the world when they put that thing together. But yeah, that was probably the only bit of evidence they found that was actually useful to this case. Yeah. These web sleuths became like obsessed with her, especially I forget the guy's name, but the guy who like dropped out of like dental school or whatever.
1: Yeah, there was a couple of guys on there that were like really into it, huh?
0: The one who had the guy film her grave, that guy. Oh, yeah. I don't remember his name. I don't was, either. My boyfriend was like, why aren't they looking into this guy? He probably <laughs> did it. He
1: was they, super creepy. They get so obsessed because their whole channel revolves around this type of content And so their whole life becomes investigating stuff. And when you don't have all the answers from the police, you have to start making it up. And then conspiracies come up and it gets really intense for people. And honestly, I can see why a lot of people felt like they knew Elisa Lamb because of her the blog prolific, um, not Tumblr. Was it Tumblr? Yes, it was Tumblr. Yeah, Yeah. that she was on and she would comment and you get to feel like, you know, somebody um, even when you don't. Even when you have no idea, it's just their internet persona, you know? Yeah, I also, I was going to say, I feel like that goes for anybody
0: today that you might think you know, like via the internet, especially when it comes to celebrities, they're not showing you their real story. They're not showing you anything. They're just being who they're supposed to be. And so in Elisa's case, she wasn't disclosing all the detailed information of her bipolar disorder, which we came to learn was a thing she's not she told them she had depression she told them she had to take medication but did she say hey I stopped taking my meds today no so they're just going off of this very brief information from her tumblr they think they're her friend they think they know her and to be honest that just led them down a lot of other dark rabbit holes that led nowhere
1: yeah I agree and when I mean, I looked back, like I I learned eventually from following this case back in the day that she was bipolar, but none of these people knew that when they're coming up with conspiracy theories and what could have happened and what was going on. Like, I learned a lot from the show. I didn't know that she had stayed in a room with other girls, like in a kind of like dorm hostel situation, and they started to complain about her behavior. And she had to get moved somewhere else. I didn't know any of that before. Yeah. So if you were coming in this at the
0: perspective of these web sleuths, like this is how you were learning about the case in 2013, you were just missing a lot of really important details and just letting them kind of get into your head and make up their own version of what happened. So it was very strange, very uncomfortable. And then they all like went to the hotel. It was such like a vlogger move. I don't know, like not a fan. I get it. Like, part of me would want to do the same. If but if I went, I would have brought like, you know, all my ghost hunting stuff. Like, I probably
1: would have done that. <laughs> Getting back to what you were saying, I completely understand. Um there was a lot of criticism about this documentary m- mini series whatever. Um I saw a lot of negativity online and at first I kind of didn't get it because I I liked this. I do. I also enjoyed it. I enjoyed it just as much as I enjoy any other, um, true crime documentary learning about the Sisa hotel and its, um, history and whatever. But I do understand where people online are coming from. Like it didn't happen that long ago. She was a real person. They felt like it was a little disrespectful, I guess, in some ways. Um, and I get that when they had the footage of YouTubers running around inside the hotel and getting onto the roof with no, uh, door issues. alarm. Yeah. Um, and they, they did seem excited and people were criticizing. They seem almost giddy over like a, a death and it's horrific and whatever. I get that. Um, but overall, even though the documentary did kind of dive you into every possible conspiracy theory and what was being said on the internet, that was a part of the whole story. Exactly. And I think it's important that
0: they bring you into that world so that you understand. I think the weight to me, this is how the documentary came off. It came off like they wanted you to experience this as the world was experiencing it in 2013. So if you hadn't, you kind of got into it you understood because I know that I too was like wow that is a weird coincidence because then there was a theory that there was a um what was it the tb vaccination called lamb melisa or the test it was a test oh yeah the tv and it had the same name as her and like I was like wow that is wild they tried to turn her into this like bio weapon but then people if you do research and understand things you know that that those are really coincidental, but also like not related at all to her
1: exactly. But if you spend enough time trying to make a qu- conspiracy happen, it can. The yeah, movie one like, was another
0: good one. A lot of really interesting similarities between that movie from like two thousand five.
1: Oh, dark water was it dark? Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. what it was called.
0: I A haven't even of- seen it. I haven't even seen it, but I'm going to watch Me neither, it either. <laughs> but when they showed the parallels, I was like, wow, that is crazy. Why is it so similar? But then again, like you don't, you don't, for all you know, she watched it the night before and that's, you don't like, you just don't
1: know. Exactly. And like, I hear over and over and over again that our human brains are really good at creating similarities or patterns when there is none. Yeah. So, so I I get mad at that sometimes. But um, I do understand how like our brains can twist stuff into being a conspiracy and a pattern and fit together when it actually is just a straight up weird coincidence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So then the internet sleuths took it a step further to actually find somebody they were going to accuse. They took the life um, of this morbid musician guy. He oh. was a, an Argentinian musician yes. who had stayed in the hotel a year before Eliza. Elisa. But you don't know this information. They just they just say he stayed there, and then she died. Like they, the, no one is explaining the details. And then he had these like songs release and this and that, and everyone thought it was too similar to her story and to be honest like his character his death metal thing was that's his persona like it's just a part of yeah it's a part of his art is it art that I like like, I'm interested in no No. (laughs) but it is (laughs) his art and there are people that do like death metal and there's a whole genre for it for a reason yeah so they just took something and ran too far with it and they ended up destroying this poor man's life I feel really bad for him but I think the documentary did a good job at showing so they like bring you in they suck you in with all these conspiracy theories. And then they show like the aftermath. Yeah, they bring this guy in and they have him explain like, how his how his life has been turned upside down he stopped making music doing what he loved all because these internet people came and just attacked him for no reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there's one thing to the whole internet sleuth thing that um, in ways they have helped solve crimes before a whole collective of minds, searching, figuring things out, maybe you know, somebody that somebody doesn't know, and you can like, you know, brainstorm a situation, but you can't always just go off a of gut feeling and get a whole mob to decide what's real because you don't know all the facts only the police do. One of the other things
0: in the documentary was that um she was found in the water tank of the hotel and in the most creepy way possible the couple that they were following from I forget I don't even know where they were from somewhere in Europe. Yeah. Um the couple that we had seen before that had gotten lost then started to notice their water was brown and tasted funny, and they were drinking from it. Now, this is what I'm going to say now. This is another way that couple kind of came off really stupid. I don't know how much money they brought with them, but I'll take, okay, maybe don't get the side of fries, but buy
1: a bottle of water. Dude, if I was in any hotel in any country and water was coming out brown, and smelled bad i mean okay let's get real water in la always tastes bad and always smells bad but yeah, i don't know that i would drink this water well even at any hotel probably even, even on the best day you probably don't want to drink the water in la <laughs> but if it's brown and smells extra bad and tastes extra bad you should get the fuck out of that place. Like, I mean, it's always bad, so it's hard to know where the threshold is, but it, but it shouldn't be brown.
0: No, your water should be clear, like most water.
1: <laughs> I mean, not, um, maybe not clear. It's LA, like it could have a little, light yellow. It could have a, a little fog, but not to the extent <laughs> that these people described it. I mean, Southern California water does taste bad, but if they're going off on a limb, they needed to get the hell out of that place and not be so naive, okay? Yeah. Like, that's not normal.
0: And they they made it seem like they just let it happen for at least a day or two. Yeah, like, like they, oh, I'll just- They
1: showered, they drank. Yuck. No, no. You... Oh, this is America. No, it's not. I mean, we got a lot of bad things, but that's not one of them. Dead body juice, you should not be showering in that. Okay. body juice. I want that on a
0: t-shirt. <laughs> I was calling it corpse juice, but corpse. I think yours is a little nicer. Corpse juice. I like the word corpse better. They, they went and reported the groundwater. <laughs> and that is what prompted the hotel to go ask one of the staff members to check out the water tanks. And now he goes to the water tank and they make this part hazy until the very end. He discovered her body. She was face up floating in the water about a foot down. And the thing you have to know about water tanks is that the water is going to constantly be moving and that the water like, so you don't know what the water level was when she got in there. And then there was a lot of speculation. How did she get in here? Did she, did somebody drop her in and then to drop her in, there would have been a lot of athleticism involved. You would have either have to been, like, telekinetic so you can lift her with your mind or extremely strong because there was, like, no way to carry a body into this thing. Yeah. I mean,
1: do you think that you would have to be super strong to throw a dead body over your shoulder and then, like, open the hatch and, like, just dump her in vertically? I just – I think that – As a man carrying a small woman, I mean – I'm just thinking like dead bodies are
0: so limp. Like yes. there's, so, I feel like they're just not easy to move. It's not the same as when you pick up somebody who's even like resisting because at least there's like muscle tension. So they're like kind of lifting part of it for you. Yeah. I think lifting, even if let's say she, she was very thin, but let's say she was like 115 pounds um, and just draped over dead. I don't know that it would be that easy to carry her up those like tiny metal stairs. Right. On your shoulder. Like, I don't know. I think you would have to be pretty athletic. But there was a lot of speculation on it. They were like trying to figure out which way they got onto the roof, which way they brought her, and either way, she would have more the most likely because they found her scent at the window was that they would have had to carry her not just out of her room and out the window and up a fire escape, but then they would have had to go around to that other ladder from the top because I don't really think there was a way for them to squeeze her and their um, themselves right
1: through um, and then another ladder unless they came from the inside true which they said they're like a possibility oh no it's alarmed but then they had those other random youtubers in there being like we got out there and no one came out so I'm thinking maybe she got to the top of the fire escape and was like I don't know what to do I don't know she was not in her right mind but definitely not and they kind of left that out until the end as well yes you don't know
0: really much about her you know she's bipolar but you don't know some other information like that she's off her meds or whatever. And there's even more information that we'll get to shortly. But when it came to this water tank, the police arrived and one of them said on camera, as far as I know, the door was open to the water tank when they found her. I I thought
1: he said it was closed. Uh, closed. That's what I meant. He said no. it was No, he said it was closed, but later on they said it could have been a mistake. Yeah,
0: so he – I'm sorry. I apologize. He did say, as far as I know, which is the words I think he used verbatim, something along those lines, like as far as I'm aware, it was closed when anyone arrived and found her. Yeah. So that opens a new thing. How did she close the door behind her if she jumped in? Blah, 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 blah. Who would have closed the door? That's why there's so many things – going on and it's just a lot of topsy-turvy like misdirection and leading you just so you can sit there and stew in your mind what happened what was the thing that caused this how did it all go down yeah and then they reveal possibly the most important piece of information to this puzzle that was revealed by her sister way after she went missing was that when she was off her meds she often hallucinated
1: yeah, they didn't and she had several
0: episodes of this before going to the hotel
1: that was never released to the public. No one ever knew that no one ever heard about that. Like, I didn't hear that Elisa Lam was bipolar until well after they found the body and all these conspiracy theories were running around and you're thinking it could be this it could be that what could have happened to her? And it's like, Oh, Well, she was off her meds and her family said she had a history of hallucinating, not knowing really what was reality, where she was. And it kind of makes the elevator episode a little bit more understandable. Yeah, it changes your perspective entirely.
0: When I watched that video the first time, not knowing any of this information, I my first thought was paranormal. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is crazy. She's possessed. Like, what is this? And then, as soon as they explain that she had a history with bipolar and disorder and hallucinations, it is so clear that she is communicating with a hallucination. Yeah, it's it, it, she's obviously having an episode. That is so clear. So during this episode, they they make it pretty clear that during this episode, she brought herself onto the roof and ended up. I know there's still some open ends.
1: It sounds hard. It sounds like a hard thing to do. I guess like the cover to the water tank was at least 20 pounds. Um, So you would have to climb up there, remove the tank lid thinking it's a good place to hide, I guess. If you're you're paranoid and scared that someone's coming after you, she has to remove it, jump inside, and then they feel like because – maybe she's way down or drowning that's when the clothes come off now my boyfriend immediately mentioned that she that
0: hypothermia is a factor as well he said at the very beginning of the documentary he said isn't it a thing when you're hypothermic that you like start taking off your clothes cuz you like don't understand what your body's doing you think you're
1: hot And Or they're weighing you down. Maybe you feel like you're drowning and your clothes are weighing you you down so you're trying to get them off. I don't know. They just start to make, it just starts to tie a lot of things up nicely with a bow.
0: It makes it you understand it a lot more throughout this documentary. And then one of the other big pieces of evidence that they found was that the door was not closed. Mm -mm. The maintenance worker says when he got there, the door was actually open. So she didn't have to close it. She would have just had to open it or it was already open and she just jumped in.
1: But also, if it was already open, you had a whole team of dogs and cops. Oh, true. Running, true. running around the roof. and you I just
0: missed that. And you
1: never thought to just look into one of the water tanks that has an open lid. Are you kidding yeah. me? The you, other you thing know? that we were, <laughs> we were saying. Whoops. I guess we is- just didn't look.
0: Not only did they make these, Ger- uh, not German, this like European couple seem really stupid. They made the internet sleuths feel really stupid, but then they also made these cops seem like the most incompetent cops. There was a point, at, like I said, at the very beginning of the investigation where they had like a whole police force on this. They had choppers on the roof. They had dogs, cadaver dogs, whatever. They had a lot of things, people looking, and they did not notice or take any mind to the open water tank there's four water tanks on the roof and they only
1: noticed one it's It's like so incompetent it's like we're looking for a dead body in an apartment complex so let's look everywhere except the dumpster like we don't it's closed we don't need to look in there yeah just look for a dead body like laying out in the open like what the fuck you didn't check what it
0: be yeah i don't know (laughs) <laughs> absolutely wild it just makes them look really dumb and very bad at their jobs yeah I don't know that I would want these guys on any case
1: that I'm missing and <laughs> like cadaver dogs climb ladders like they're very athletic animals you don't think they yeah. could like be led up up there I don't know apparently not apparently <laughs> they decided that was not a thing
0: that cadaver no. dogs can do that dog needed a break that day yeah he was tired had a long day it's just absolutely wild so when it comes down to it the only thing they have evidence of really is that she was in the elevator she had a definitely some sort of episode and then she was in the tank and that's it they don't know anything else what do
1: you think happened
0: I honestly think she did it like herself. I think she was definitely in fear. My idea is that I know the lid is pretty heavy, but when you're scared, adrenaline is a hell of a thing. And I think she was running. She saw this water thing. She climbed in and she got in and she had a hypothermic reaction ripped off all her clothes and the reason the body was facing upward because they did say that drownings typically they're facing face down was just because of the water level rising and changing from the people drinking her dirty corpse water
1: oh gosh and she was in, Which, and she was 21 in, days i was gonna say and she was in there for like at least 20 days right 21 corpsey juicy days oh god what do you think okay.
0: once and for all what's your verdict on elisa lamb
1: okay so Being from a paranormal perspective, and that's where I think Zach Baggins and all of them are trying to go with it. You know, is there something demonic about this location? Did a demon made her do it? Did she see ghosts? Like, whatever. I'm not willing to go that far. But what I am willing to say is that I do believe that any kind of negative interaction, whether it's death or murder or people in a place that are experiencing despair and putting off negative energy, if that happens over and over and over again in a location, I don't see why that energy can't spawn off and become attached to that location. So if you go into a place with a really negative feeling, and I feel like even people that don't feel super sensitive, if you go to a place and it just gives you a bad vibe or it feels heavy and you can't explain what it is, that's probably negative energy attached to a location. That doesn't mean a devil is in the place and it's going to make you do some bad things. You know, that's not necessarily the same thing, but I think if you show up to a place as somebody that might be a little bit more spiritually vulnerable, like you have bipolar disorder, um, maybe you're not super centered in yourself and you go into a place with a lot of negative energy that can deteriorate yourself faster. I don't know if that makes any sense, but, no, and I don't know I, anything, I think, but, <laughs> but I'm <laughs> no, just saying, I think it
0: makes sense.
1: You know, as somebody that might be a little bit more vulnerable to negative energy, you walk into a place like that, you already are more vulnerable. And I'm not saying it's like a demon or whatever, but that negative energy can take hold of you a little easier.
0: It's like, you have to understand that it's not just the hotel. It's not their fault. It's not that it's the area. It's this energy that comes from this area. And it's just it's wild. I mean, it was a wild case. And until you know all the information, a lot of it seems paranormal. But I just think, like you said, she's obviously susceptible to a darker energy. It's just something that was kind of already inside of her. And then she went to this place where it was exacerbated and it it led to her untimely demise
1: yeah i mean i i i fully accept the fact that it was a horrible accident her family said that she would be off her rocker if she wasn't on her meds and she would see stuff and hallucinate and i fully accept that it could have just been a straight up one person accident Prior to knowing all the information, I kind of thought that maybe she was having a mental break in the hotel room and or in the hotel itself. And it's easy for predators to see somebody who's vulnerable and in a weird state and take advantage of them. And then maybe that's how she died. But there's no evidence of that. So I think it's totally possible that it was just a straight up single person mental break accident. When you think of all the factors, so
0: many things had to go wrong. There were so many times where they were like they could have helped her and just didn't. Like her family could have prevented her from going, or she could have went with somebody, or the hotel manager could have reported when she had her episode in the lobby, and she could have had her leave yes. the hotel or like there's so many little things the police could have found her in the tank they had every opportunity to so it's there's so many things um and i just i want to we've been talking forever i want to say thank <laughs> you so much for coming oh I'm onto so my excited. Show. thank um, you i'm curious to hear what the listeners think about this what you guys all think Um, If you like to hear a lot of these paranormal or interesting theories about things that we can't necessarily explain, I highly recommend listening to The Searching Pod.
1: Oh, thank you. (laughs) I'm going to roll
0: out the red carpet for you now. Go ahead, plug, plug your stuff. Tell everybody what you're about, where to find you. Go ahead.
1: Well, I told my own listeners that I was like, dying to get on this podcast because I loved it so much. I think you were so dynamic as a host and I wanted to be on your podcast so bad. But um, what I do is searching paranormal. I can't even say it myself. Paranormal (laughs) topics, theories, and answers. And me and my husband, Brian, cover All different kinds of paranormal topics just because we're trying to, I guess, like get into our own education about it. And so we want you guys to come along for the ride and learn it in the most layman's terms that we can because I don't even get half of the stuff that we talk about. (laughs) So you can find us on at the searching pod on Instagram and we post funny memes and we don't take ourselves too seriously. And I will add you back and talk to you about any paranormal topic you want to listen to. So that's where you can find me.
0: Sounds amazing. I always listen to your show. Your last show had me in an existential crisis for days. (laughs) Um, But I'm not mad about it. It's so interesting. Um, I've loved your show since I first heard it. It's been really great. And I listened through all your episodes because I couldn't help myself. Um, But if you guys want to find my podcast, you can find me on Twitter, which is, I swear to God, my Twitter account is so slept on. It's so funny. I tweet so many random things. Um, so, if you want to find me, it's at Q Dips. Um, Q as in quit laying around and follow my Twitter account. Uh, D as in do you follow Searching Pod on Instagram? Uh, <laughs> I as in I really, really need a drink of water right now. Uh, P as in please, please follow me because it's so good, <laughs> I swear. And S as in Searching Pod at Q Or you can find me. On Instagram, at Quips and Dips Podcast. Um, I'm always posting content. I'm always happy to talk with you. I'm always answering questions. People message me all the time. I'm always doing polls, trying to get audience participation. So I am definitely down for all sorts of social media and interaction. And I hope you enjoyed the show. I had so much fun with you, Chelsea. Thank you so much for coming.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is like bucket list shit
0: checked off (laughs) bucket list yes soon I'm gonna have to bring Brian on too next time I'll have to have you both of
1: course anytime
0: sounds good and I hope everybody's having a great night over and out
1: thanks so much for listening
0: to this episode of quips and dips if you're enjoying the show please feel free to rate subscribe
1: and review wherever you listen to podcasts we'll catch you in the next one